This podcast is sponsored by Monarch Money. Are you saving to reach your financial goals? Reaching those goals isn't just about getting more money, but by managing what you have. And the best way to manage your money? Monarch Money. Monarch Money is a new kind of finance app that's intuitive, powerful, ad-free, and takes the headaches out of budgeting. Try it free when you go to monarchmoney.com slash podcast. Monarch puts all your accounts, investments, transactions, and finances at your fingertips. With a complete view of your finances, you'll gain insights on your spending and find new ways to save. Plus, Monarch lets you customize your dashboard, collaborate with your partner, set custom budgets and goals, and track your progress toward them. See why Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and loving it, and why the Wall Street Journal named Monarch Money the best budgeting app overall. Get a 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash podcast. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H money.com slash podcast for your free trial. monarchmoney.com slash podcast. This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. It's a hard next life. It is a hard next life. A hard next life. Oh, it's a hard next life. It's a hard next life. It is a hard next life. A hard next life. Oh, it's a hard next life. What up, Knicks fans, and what is up, Barry motherfucking D? What is up, Craig? Mm, how you are? How are you doing? Can you start that over? No, we'll just keep going. Okay. What's up, man? I know you don't like to get into Knicks right away all the time, but I uh, really, really wanted that fifth game. Like, I haven't really wanted a game in a long time. Okay. I wanted that fifth game. Well, you really wanted that fifth game, and a lot of fucking Knicks fans didn't want it. And... Uh. Twitter is starting to drive me crazy now. Once again, year after year, it's the same shit. Knicks fans arguing about whether to tank or not tank, or whatever you want to call it. Playing the young guys, playing the veterans. We're going to get into all that, but first things first, Barry, vacation time. You're going on vacation soon. I'm going on vacation. We both need a vacation. Yeah. When do you leave, dude? We fucked up, I feel like. So Uh get this. We leave (laughs) the Monday of President's Week, right? Okay. The, that to, Monday. To, that Monday to go down to Florida. So that Monday the 17th. And we're coming home that Friday at like 6 a.m. So oh no, I have like three and a half days down in Florida. And what did you do that for? And so just so everyone knows, we're both going to Florida. It's very exciting. Right. We're right. not traveling together, obviously. No. Which is why you're asking me when I'm going. By the way, how far away are you going to be from me? I think I'm probably like 20 minutes. So are we going to get together? Or you uh, only yeah. have three days there, so I know how much one time night. Do you have? I figure one night I will leave the kids 
with the parents and we will go out a night on the town. I'm going to where my parents are going to be and I'm leaving the kids every single night. Oh, good for you. And I'm going out to do something every night. (laughs) I don't know what it is. Nice. But I am fucking going somewhere. Yeah, we'll be fairly close by to each other. So yeah, we'll definitely uh, hook up one night down there. So so why did you do that? Why are you I going think it Monday was, it to It was a money thing, I guess. My wife booked it. The and tickets? Then, yeah, but she probably didn't realize, like, wow, you know, it's only three and a half days. But you know what the shit of it is? Is that, you know, we go down to Florida, you know. What the one, shit of it is? Is that a thing? I just made it a thing. You know what the <laughs> shit of it is? I have never heard that. It sounds good to me. I've never your said that before. Gonna, it's not mom, a regular phrase of mine. No, your mom's gonna, gonna be like, "Why would you? Why would you change? You know what the? What is it actually? You know what the thing of it is, or the? Um, you know what the? Why would you need to add the curse in there, Barry? I, even I, even right I think me. that's unnecessary. I'm gonna all right, start. Well, tell us, tell us I'm gonna what start the using that all the time. The shit of it is, Craig, that we go down to Florida from time to time, and whenever we do it, we split the week. Half at my wife's parents and half at my parents. This time we're only going to see my parents and yet we're still only getting three and a half days out of it, which is what we normally get. My parents are disappointed that we're only staying for that amount of time. We're disappointed. You know, when you say we're disappointed, who, who, you and Me and my wife. Yeah, we both are. Well, what's the short vacation? This was in your control. I know it was. And now like we look, well, what if we want to change our flight? And it's like, it's ridiculous. If we want to like get there like one day early, it's like eighteen hundred bucks. It's nuts to go to fucking oh, wow. Florida. You know, you know because I it's could give you, time. I could give you guys one one seat back for a good price. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, my wife isn't going with us. I told you this, right? You didn't, just, but I heard through the grapevine. It's fun. me with the kids. How's that going to be? I don't know, dude. The last time we, the last time we got on a plane with my, our kids was over two years ago, and there's a reason we haven't been back on a plane since. Oh no! And your youngest is like three. Three. Right? And uh-huh. so the last time we went, she was like one. And it was one of the worst experiences of my life. So Way worse than anything I've suffered through being a Knicks fan. And so <laughs> if that tells you anything. Your older one, you could kind of count on to like... He will be fine. He'll be just fine, watch. Right. He's perfectly happy watching TV or playing the Switch for... I could put him on a flight across like to Japan and he'd be fine. Right. <laughs> All right. The other one... <laughs> dude, the other one... Let's see. What happened on that flight? She wasn't feeling great. So we gave her, this was our mistake probably, but we gave her medicine minutes before, but it was when she was due for medicine, minutes before we were taking off, she threw up the medicine mm. as everyone was lining up to get on the fucking plane, <laughs> all over my wife and all of her clothes, oh, right? Oh, no. And then on the flight, she screamed the entire flight, the entire uh. length of the flight, screaming, unless I held her or walked up and down the aisle holding her. All right. So, well, part of that is because she was sick at the time. So I'm sure that played a huge factor in why she was screaming. And it probably wasn't just the fact that you were on a Probably. After we landed, strangers were coming up to us, coming up to me. And they were like, get some rest tonight. You oh, they felt it. bad for you? They felt bad for me. Those are nice people. <laughs> it's true. That... The majority of the flight was probably cursing the shit out of you at baggage claim. They're like, those are, that's those fuckers where the kid wouldn't shut the fuck uh, up. Probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And you feel that you feel that everyone hates you on oh, the plane. Absolutely. I kept feeling like I have to do I have to buy everyone drinks on this plane or uh, what? Because I'm ruining everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told you once another time what happened with her, how we we brought a bottle of milk on the plane in one of these like aluminum drink bottles for kids. And okay. after takeoff we opened it up. What happened? No, what did it splatter everywhere? It, it something happened with the pressure in the can in the can. <laughs> and this was filled with milk. Dude, we 
we open it. I open it up. I don't even remember if it was me or I think it was me. Hit the button. It pops open. <laughs> Milk sprays over our heads, right? Oh, no. <laughs> All over the three people sitting behind us. And they probably don't know what the hell it is shooting over this white stuff, shooting over the seat. They have oh, no idea. Geez. I I I get up terrified and I look behind me. <laughs> and there's this one woman. It's all over all of them, but there's just one woman who barely speaks English. She was like Indian or something. And she's like, she's like tasting the milk on oh, her lips. No. <laughs> and I had to say to these people, I was like, all right. I, immediately, I was like, all right, just so you know, that is organic milk from Trader Joe's. That was exactly what I was just thinking. Like, did that come from your wife? Or... <laughs> <laughs> right. They're like, are we covered in breast milk right now? Right. But, dude, traveling with kids sucks, and I'm about to do it alone, and I'm fucking scared. You need to have, like, contingency plans for your youngest, like, as What far does that as, mean, okay, exactly? That means, like, okay, if she starts acting up, I'm going to pull out the iPad. All right, if that's not working, I'm going to pull out her favorite teddy bear. If that's not working, I'm going to, you know, get the Nintendo yes. Switch, whatever the hell it is you got. I'm fucking scared, dude. Well, good luck to you. <laughs> I'm just scared if, like, one has to go to the bathroom and the other doesn't. And oh, the other's yeah. sleeping, or what do you like? I just leave that kid there to fend for herself alone for ten minutes. Um, I guess, but someone was like, "You call the flight attendant over, have them sit down with her." If you have to, yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll do that. But I'm fucking scared. I'm scared. But we're both going to Florida. I don't know if we should be doing a podcast next week or not. I don't mind doing one down there. The, the whole thing. But you're only is, there for three days. You know what the shit of it is. Is that oh, yeah. it's all star break? It's all star weekend. So I mean, is there right. going to be that much for us to talk about anyway? But I feel like we should do one from there, like a remote I thought, podcast. You know how you mentioned that Macri's going to Florida too, and that we should all maybe get together. Yeah, yeah, he'll be down there when we are in the same area. Is there one of us has to look into? Is there a podcasting studio? Because those exist in Manhattan, where you literally pay for the hour. They've got mics set up at a table. That would be fun. All you need is a laptop. We just have to make sure one of us has a laptop or something. Yes. I could bring our elements. Yeah. And we could do just some sort of like. That would be cool. We could just bullshit about our how my our flight vacation. was, what yeah. we're doing in Florida. Yeah. Whatever. And it's it's better than nothing. I like it. So maybe, maybe guys, it'll it'll either happen or it won't. If it doesn't right. happen, don't be mad, right? <laughs> right. Because Barry's only got three days in Florida. I That's don't right. think he should be spending yeah. even one hour doing a Knicks podcast. Yeah, you we'll probably see. shouldn't. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but yeah, we should talk about the Knicks at some point here. Let's talk about this. Coach Fizdale was on Sirius XM Radio today. All right, and there's this one little clip making the rounds. Oh, you know what I don't like, little... Craig? I don't Hold like on. that just because somebody's a coach once, they get called coach the rest of their lives. You know what I mean? Anytime, even if they, they coached high school football for a season, for the rest of their lives they're known as coach. Even if, even if you weren't one of their athletes, they still get called coach by you. Do we have How, to call even if Coach you were not one of their coach? what? Even even if he wasn't my coach, I got to call him Coach So and So. I thought you said case, one, of their one of their athletes. One of their athletes. That's a that's a strange. One of their way players. One of their yeah, players. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is a loving term, though, Barry. You... I understand that, but does Coach Fizdale really deserve that loving term from us? Is what I'm getting at. Well, I didn't. I called him Coach Fizdale. You did, and that I didn't. I think the loving term is when you call former coaches just coach. Like when we interviewed Butch Stockton that time, Robinson's, yes. you know, high school coach. Yeah. He's like an old guy. I call, I said, hey, what's up, coach? Yes. Just out of respect. That is a respectful thing to do. You're right. Fisdale, you're right. I don't know if he deserves it. It's a that. formality, I guess. 
Oh, but here, let's take a listen at his. Probably. Oh, here we go. He's a little out of breath. I probably needed crack the whip a little more and be more demanding of the young guys to do more winning things. <laughs> right off the bat, right. <laughs> he needed to be more demanding of the young guys to do more winning things. Like, like put the ball through the hoop? Like uh, <laughs> stop the other team when they have the ball? Do more Could you be things. any more fucking generic about this? Is this the coach that we had? Barry, you need to do more winning things just in general. And I need to do more winning things. Guys, you need to do more winning things. That's right. And when That's you're not, right. I need to crack the whip a little bit more. That you need to do more winning things. What are the winning things? Like fucking winning? Don't you think, <laughs> don't you think Coach Fisdale should have been doing more fucking winning things? That is a ridiculous soundbite right there. It is. And you're right. He is out of breath. He must be, he's probably walking somewhere. Probably walking his 15 dogs here. And not be as patient with them from that standpoint. So it was a balance of just trying to find the right lane with each team. But I do think that ultimately when I do get my next chance is what I did take from it is I have to be myself throughout all of it. And I can't be Pop. I can't be Spo. You know, I can't be Brad. I just have to be myself be comfortable in that skin and be genuine to the guys. And, you know, that usually comes off well. All right. So that is that is an, an unusual soundbite altogether from the from the winning things all the way through. He needed to be more himself who not Spo, not pop or whatever he's saying. One thing who we always said, the one thing we always said about Fisdale was that he was comfortable in his own skin. That he seemed really relaxed. I, I don't believe that for one second. Like I, I don't understand where he pulled that out of. You're telling me he wasn't being himself when he was he was trying to be somebody. I don't get that. I don't buy that. I'll tell you what. I don't. It's, it rubs me the wrong way because he's not taking any accountability for anything. And not only that, he's basically saying the entire time he was coaching here, that wasn't him. It was someone else. Right. He was modeling know? himself after <laughs> right. others. He wasn't being himself. That's why he wasn't a good coach. He was. Trying to be people he isn't, which yeah, no, I don't fucking this, understand. Yeah, this was not your first head coaching job. You've been in the league for over a decade in some type of coaching capacity. I mean, I, first of all, I can't believe we're still talking about Fisdale, but but yeah, I mean, it, it was worth addressing. It, it, worth addressing. He hasn't really spoken to the media much. I think we saw him once before this. I just want to know who he was being. Who he was being? He said he wasn't trying to be like their pop. Is that what he meant? Yeah, like pop. No, he doesn't want to be Popovich. Popovich. No, <laughs> Popovich. Okay. And he didn't want to be Brad Stevens, and he wasn't trying to be uh, Spolstra. I don't fucking understand what his deal is. I thought he was being true to himself the whole time, right? That that like, oh, uh, you know, there's no pressure here. You guys are gonna get better, at, you know, as time goes on. There's no rush. Ah, shucks, we'll get them next time. Like that's the vibe you got from him. Right. Ah, we lost again. Not a big deal. Right. Yeah. I think he's at a loss because he's not allowed to say anything. You know, when he was terminated by the Knicks, they essentially put a gag order on him as far as um, what went down between him and the team at the very end. So, you know, these vague sound bites that we're getting from him are just that they're just vague stuff where he's trying to dance around anything from what he really wants to say because he's not allowed to say it. Well, you know who is telling the Knicks to do more winning things? Who's that, Craig? Mike fucking Miller. Mike fucking Miller. Mike fucking Miller is a big reason the Knicks lost that game against the Hawks. So I'm Miller's in my doghouse right now. Okay. Well, 
you got to look at it overall, dude. He's won 13 and lost 19 over the time he's been here. He's won four of, four of the past five. Look, the, the Knicks did a great job getting themselves back in that game. But from the end of regulation through the end of the game after that second overtime, I blame Alfred Payton and I blame Mike Miller for leaving him in there. Mike Miller, like every single coach that's been here before him, <laughs> seems to prefer anybody that isn't Frank. Yeah, there was no reason that Peyton was left in there after mistake after mistake that he made. The Knicks were up eight points with a minute and a half left in that first overtime. And if you look if you look down the stretch, who was it that 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 forced a twenty four second clock violation? It was it was Peyton's fault. I don't mind that they were trying to eat minutes off the clock at the end there. I really don't. But, I mean, he waited till the absolute last second, and he did try to pass the ball to Mitch, but it was an awful low pass. If that pass was directly to Mitch, Mitch is athletic enough and quick enough, he would have got that ball in. So that was number one. The next possession, he travels, Peyton does, and turns it over. And then after that, he ends up taking a three. When the game was tied, it, it was an <laughs> awful-looking shot. It didn't even look like a shot. And meanwhile, again, Mitchell Robinson was right underneath the basket, wide open. The game was tied. He didn't, he didn't need a long, hard shot like that. He could have easily passed it up to Mitch, and they could have got that There wasn't a bucket. lot of time there, though. But he was also giving the ball. He grabbed the ball. No but for the amount of time it took him to sidestep and then get off that awful shot, and the buzzer didn't go off, you know, while the ball was still in midair, you know, he could have, he could have gotten that to, uh, to Robinson, I believe. So after all that, and you go into the second overtime, you come out with the same five. The same five that played the entire five minutes of the first overtime. They played the last four minutes of regulation. Now you're going to put them out again for another five minutes? You want them to play 14 minutes straight? Granted, through that first overtime, you don't know you're going to a second overtime. But after all those missteps by Peyton, and now you're entering a fresh five minutes in that second overtime, that's the time you put Nilakina in. And maybe get some fresh legs off the bench. You know, I understand keeping Reggie in there and Wayne in there. You want to have that three-point threat, and Wayne Ellington was shooting the hell out of the ball. But I couldn't see Peyton starting that second overtime. And he didn't come out until six seconds left in, the, uh, in, the, in, in that second overtime when he fouled out. It was only then that Nilakina came in. Yeah, I mean, the coaches are in a tough spot in those overtimes. They're only five minutes long. They're so short before you know it, they're over. You can't get down early in those overtimes, unless you're the Knicks, because they went up eight. But I understand the position that he's in, and he's just putting himself in what he thinks is his best shot. Yeah, I mean, that's why— you know, he, To go look, up, you're starting at zero. The, you got to get ahead early. Look, you're going to go with the offensive players over the defensive, probably. Yeah. Those That lineup, you know, Randall, Mitch, Reggie, Wayne, and Peyton, they, yeah, they were the ones that got— the score tied in regulation. So he went with them in that first overtime. I don't have a problem with that. It's just that second overtime that kills me, particularly because Alfred Payton obviously oh, well, <laughs> you know, that, had nothing left. The, dude, the wheels were coming I off. Mean, those turnovers with him as your point guard are awful. That should never happen. Yeah, and I like Payton. I, I think he had a great game up to that point. But, you know, at some point you got to say, okay, you know, you're going to sit. You're, you're, you're losing the game for us here. And if, if, if you can't see that, Mike Miller, you know, it's, I can't praise you all the time. You know, you got to be held accountable when you do, when when you fuck up. And this is a game you fucked up, and it's a game I really wanted. I can't remember the last game I wanted to win so badly. It's probably Ooh, Dallas. Barry's taking his, you're taking your shirt off right now. You're getting, getting all so worked hot. up. <laughs> Dude, we all, I mean, we wanted it, right? I mean, I wanted it. That was going to be our fifth win in a row. Dude, I was already, when we were up eight, I was preparing my tweet for, for maybe I, it was bad luck, but. The whole team was, thought I was that they getting wanted my that tweet point. ready. The yeah, whole bench were Bobby smiles. Portis? They were, yeah. Bobby Portis oh. was doing funny dances over there. You know, he was like doing a, f I don't even know what that was. Oh, he wrote he, down the W it? in his notebook already. 
I had my tweet ready to go. Yeah. I was going to say that the last time the Knicks won five in a row, Raymond Felton was a starting point guard and Cole Aldrich was their starting center. (laughs) I had a photo from that game against the Celtics. This thing was going to go through the roof. I was so excited. When are we going to have this again? It's going to be another five years. (laughs) Never. Save that tweet. Five wins in a row. But you must admit, even though you're, you're holding Miller accountable, which is all well and good. The shit of the thing is, Barry, <laughs> is that he was up, you know, he was, go- he was about to get the Knicks for their fifth win in a row. That is an amazing accomplishment. Fisdale had what, how many wins on the whole season before yeah. he was let go? Yeah. Four? What was it? It wasn't 17. <laughs> <laughs> but he had four wins on the entire season. This guy got four wins in a row going for five. We're going to talk about, get back to Mike Miller in a second, but we got to cover what happened on trade deadline day. So much happened, and then do we think Mike Miller's going to stick around here next year? So trade deadline day. We did what we had to do. We did what Number we had one to do. Priority. Before, before what we had to do, all that news about Leon Rose yes. came out on deadline day, which was almost too much for me to handle. <laughs> what about you? When that came out, how were you feeling about that? Because uh, there, yeah. there was a lot of like mixed reactions, as always. Knicks yeah. fans, you either love shit or you fucking hate it. Right. Well— I mean, you knew, obviously, there's only two directions you go (laughs) with a president, right? You know, this new formula that teams are starting to go with, you know, which is getting an agent, you know, a former agent to run basketball operations because they're good at negotiations, because they know so many players, because they know so many owners, because they know the inner workings of teams. Right. You know, a lot of their... The the Lakers have Rob Palenka, right? Yeah. Yep. The, The Warriors have... Bob Myers. Uh, Bob Myers. And Detroit has somebody. Yeah. So, you know, obviously you see the benefits, right? Um, I mean, they have this long list of clients on all different teams. So they can hear from their clients the good things about a team, the bad things about a team. They start to formulate in their own heads what makes the locker room happy, what makes them gel, what is really an awful way to do things versus a good way to do things. It really makes the NBA landscape like wide open and crystal clear to them, you know, to really see how things get done. So, so that's a plus. And um, they know what players are looking for, right? They're really connected to the players. hundred percent. Yes. And, and they have got great connections with the players. They know what makes them tick, why they want to go to certain teams, why they don't want to go to certain teams, what they're looking for, what they want in the facility, the organization. They've got all that inside knowledge. That's right. Which is huge. Yeah, it, it is. And then the other side of it is to go with somebody who, you know, does not come from that realm, come somebody maybe that's been with the organization themselves, which we just went through with Steve Mills, right? You know, he's been in the Knicks MSG family for 20 years, um, you know, and he's kind of worked himself his way up. He's worked himself close to the owner, James Dolan, and he got himself that presidential job, you know, presidential job, (laughs) the president of basketball operations job. Um, yeah, well, the other way is to go with a more traditional front office executive who's worked their way up wherever, right? Yeah. To that, so, to that level. I mean, yeah. Look at look at the Lakers. Look at the Golden State. I mean, it's I'm, – I'm fine with this hire, um, and it's not even official yet. You know, he hasn't been named officially yet because I'm sure he's got um, – you know, he's got to get everything in order, you know, with CAA. And he's got a lot of great, great clients, right? He does. A lot of guys we might be interested in. Sure. Have you taken a look at his client list? Briefly. I mean, I, from from memory, because I, um, I, I looked when they made the hire, I looked to see who his clients exactly were. Carmelo um, Anthony. You could bring him back. That would be exciting. Oh, now we want Carmelo back now? No, we don't. 
Devin Booker. Yeah. Right. Mike Conley. So far, you haven't named Embiid. Embiid is a big one. Uh, so far, Carl every player Anthony you named, still every player you just named, I do not like. Jaron <laughs> Jackson like Jr. Guys. You don't like any of these guys? No. Jaron Jackson Jr. Jaron like. Jackson. No, he's fine. You don't like fucking Devin Booker? You no. wouldn't take him on the Knicks in a heartbeat? No. I'm you just telling like you, I don't Embiid. like him. No. You don't like Joel Embiid? No. You're fucking out of your mind. I'm not saying that Devin Booker isn't an amazing player. He is. I'm just telling you, I don't like the guy. And personally, and I'm maybe in the minority, I like to root for players that. That I like, like, you know, that I got to like them as well. You know, they're representing my team. They're wearing my jersey. So okay. if well, I think the guy's know, an once asshole. on your team, you'll look, you'll feel differently. Of course I will. Of course There's a lot I will. Of they're family the at that point, Craig. They're family. Right. There's a lot of assholes on the Knicks. I'd rather have assholes that can help us get wins than nice guys who don't. You wouldn't? There's the question. Of, co- of course I want to win. Dude, you, you have know, to have these. Want to win? All, these and... all these stars are assholes. That's how they became stars. Yeah. All right. There's a certain level of. <laughs> I'm better than you to them, and that's because they are. Yeah. What's which stars in the NBA do you like? Which stars in the NBA do I like? Well, yeah, that aren't on the I don't want to. I don't want to name like young guys because they yeah they're not tainted yet, <laughs> right? So I can't say you know like Luka Doncic and uh, you know and, and players like that. Let me let me see. Um. Yeah, a lot of them are assholes, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely. You're right. right. I would I would fucking kill for Luka Doncic. <laughs> Yeah. And no, I like nice. da- Damian Lillard, you know. Oh, He's not, like Lillard. a good dude. Right? Yeah, so that news was exciting. I mean, that you know, that threw all Knicks fans for a loop. It came out of nowhere. It was another one where you get like a rumor that they, that they might be considering him. It was like the Porzingis trade when that came out. There's a little rumor that they had a meeting and they're considering trading him and then all of a sudden he's traded. Leon Rose were I, a tweet came out they were considering him. And then it was they're hiring him. Which was crazy. Came out of nowhere. Ah, there's rumors of you know him bringing on Worldwide West. Yeah, that supposedly supposedly knows everybody. Connected to LeBron James and everyone else in the world. Yeah. And Rod Strickland potentially. There was even a photo of the three of them together, like the next night or the night after that at a college basketball game. I think it was Temple versus someone else. Uh, so that seems like there's something to that. And uh, now today, there's been rumors of him considering Tom Thibodeau and Jeff Van Gundy as head coaches for the team, which is crazy that nothing's official and already word is getting out who he might be considering to coach a team yeah, in the middle of a season when Mike Miller's coaching the team. It's just bizarre. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know how that story even got legs. Like, I mean, that might just be an obvious, you know, th- those names came up when the Knicks were looking to, you know, when, when they fired Fisdale. It was the same names before they put Mike Miller in place as interim head coach. They always come up, you know. Right? So obviously, when you have but, a new, you know, somebody new in the front office and management, you expect that they're going to make changes. So yeah, these are the two guys that are at the top of the list. Yeah, it's always funny when when reports come out they're going to consider these. Of course, they're going to consider these guys. Yeah, they're way, way to put everyone. yourself on the line by saying that. <laughs> it was Berman, right? Who wrote that? Wasn't it Berman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the, that the that's Knicks the will finally consider these guys. Because basically all the media was knocking them because they didn't consider them when they were before they hired Fisdale, right? Yeah. And that's the whole thing. Is Mike Miller just a placeholder in all of this? And, you know, what do you do with him? What earns him the right to stay on as head coach? A lot of Knicks fans love Mike Miller and the job he's done, and they think that he needs to be given a chance. People responding today to the JVG, JVG, JVG. And Tom Thibodeau, Tom Thibodeau, holy shit, rumors saying, fuck no, 
Miller's our guy. He's doing so great. I'm telling you, there's no way. I don't care what Mike Miller does. Unless he gets this team into the playoffs, and unless you think that he is the next, like, Greg Popovich, there's no way. It's unfortunate, but there's no way they're going to keep him as the head coach. No, if you unless can get, they believe if, he is the best candidate for the job, and I have to agree with that. If you can get, you keep, if you can get a Jeff Van Gundy or a Tom Thibodeau, yeah, you don't keep Mike Miller. You keep him on the staff. There's no reason you got to send him to the curb. Yeah, he may stay possible. on as an assistant yeah, yeah. coach. He deserves to stick with the team in some way, and that's a hard pill to swallow when you've been head coach but he's only the interim head coach right now yeah that's the only title he was ever given but the thing is if you are listen this is fucking leon rose this is leon rose right he's coming in he's not going to just stick with the head coach because he did a good job that's not that's not how this works he's going to decide if he's the right the best the best candidate for that job it doesn't matter how he's done if there's someone even a little better you bring them in this is a fucking business leon i'm telling you leon rose super agent, powerhouse. Leon Rose did not get to where he was by letting people keep their jobs because they're doing a good job, right? Yeah, no, he's going to walk into MSG with a big swagger and he's going to start, you know, pushing his weight around. And and he's going to start kicking everyone out of there. Exactly, and putting people in place that he sees fit. And And that's what needs to be done. You brought me in to change this. You brought me here. You hired Steve Stout. You want to change this organization, right? And... We're not going to have Mike Miller as a head coach when I'm going to bring you Jeff Van Gundy back to or New whoever York. else or whoever right? else it may be with a big name and a big track record. And, you know, I think Jeff Van Gundy would be the coolest thing because I grew up in the 90s. I've been wanting him back forever, but I've almost been wanting him back for too long. You know what I mean? And it's past. He is, the moment's he passed is, a little bit. It is a little bit. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of questions about today's game. You know, how he would do his connection to the players of today if he would have that same respect he would have had fucking 10, 15 years ago coming back with the team. I don't know. I don't know if he's the right guy. Right. I know he hasn't held a head coaching job for a long time, but at least he hasn't been in hiding. Right. He's been around oh, the NBA. Broadcast, he broadcasts right. all the time. He he coached, you know, what, what was it? World USA or Team USA uh, that one year. So, you know, just recently. So. You know, it's not like he's a stranger to the to the way the new game is being played. I mean, if they hired Van Gundy, I'd have a bit, I'd be smiling and I'd be excited. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't be. That. I wouldn't be super confident like that's the guy. Right. I'm and There's I'm not. A, I'm of, not you know, a Mark got, Jackson guy. Oh no no no! You know? Absolutely not. Rumors of John Calipari, which he put to bed. Calipari know. put to bed, but then other right. other executives are are predicting that he will end up coaching the Knicks or be in the front office with the Knicks. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I would take it from the horse's mouth. And then later on that day, we were talking, there's so much excitement about well, what were we going to do on trade deadline? Even the po- the last podcast, Barry, how did you end it? Do you remember? I said, which one of these players is going to be a Nick later today? Right, who were they? D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell, Kyle Kuzma, Dennis hmm. Schroeder, uh, Landry Shamit. I did say one. I did say Mo Harkless. I did no, throw him on there. Did you? I did mention him. No, but you him also said uh, the guy from uh, what's the guy I love? Oh, Ubre. You said. Oh Ubre. yeah, Kelly Ubre. And I even said like that. I wet my pants a little bit. I got so excited. Fucking trade deadline day sucks, Barry. It sucks every year. Just nothing comes together. 
<laughs> we ended up with Mo Harkless and well, a first round pick that's going to be very. You, late. you say it like it's nothing. It's a first round pick. It's, no, it's something. Look, I understand the, all the excitement leading up to it. I'm not saying it was nothing, and I'm not saying that the Knicks did a bad job. Right. What you're saying is it's a pick in the 20s. No, and, what I'm and saying the 2020 is, draft isn't good. No, I'm saying that we uh, there was all this excitement about could we end up with Russell Kuzma? We thought we were going to oh, get a player, a right. player, and a pick at that point. You, there was everyone was talking. You know, Marcus Morris. Everyone wants Marcus Morris. The Clippers and the Lakers. It's an arms race for Marcus Morris. The Lakers are going to. You know, we want to try to get Kuzma, Shamit, whoever. And then that day, even an hour before the trade deadline, you started hearing the Clippers moved ahead of the Lakers with what they were offering. So you're like, wow, they're offering more than the Lakers were offering. What are we going to get? We're going to get, all of a sudden, we're going to get these two young guys that, you know. Oh, right. I'll admit, aren't really on my radar, but people were saying they were good young players, plus two possible picks. Yeah. You just seemed like you were going to get way more, and then all of a sudden it was, oh, we're getting Mo Harkless and a pick. <laughs> Dude, I'm fine with it. I am fine with it. I just am happy that we're not staring at Marcus Morris. Not that I didn't like staring at Marcus Morris. He was great, you know, and he overperformed. But the the goal was to get something out of it, you know, in the future for the future, you know, beyond this season, which is exactly what we got. And another thing that didn't happen: one of the guys who everyone said was definitely going to be on the move, Alonzo Trier, ended up not being dealt. But lately, we've been hearing rumors about a potential buyout with Alonzo. Have you heard about that? No, I have not heard about that. Yeah, that's another one from Berman, who's full of good nuggets. <laughs> nuggets. Why did I say nuggets? Um, that's what they are. But that the Knicks, that Alonzo Trier is potentially a buyout candidate. Is it alarming to you that we might be buying out a dude who's not even through two years in the NBA? Yeah. And he he's a talented—we've talked about it. We I don't know what's going on with him this year. He's not a perfect player. He's clearly flawed. But you're buying him out. You're giving up on him. There's nothing there. You want to, you've got him under your control. You don't have to buy him out. I don't care if he requested it. I don't care what the reason is for it. I don't care if you 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 tried to move him at the deadline and couldn't. Why are you buying out a player that young with that much offensive potential on a team that sucks? Yeah, it is bizarre. I mean, but I mean, this they don't have him beyond this year anyway. So, I mean, if they know that they are have no interest in re-signing him after there, maybe you know, it's a cheap buyout, you know, he's making less than 4 million this year. Maybe that's why they chose him. I mean, there's other players I would I would have thought that they would buy out before him. But I guess that's why. I mean, that's the only thing that makes sense to me if that nugget, as you say, is true. It's crummy. It is a crummy nugget. Guys, it's a hard Knicks life, but for this ad, we like to say it's a crummy Knicks life using a family recipe born in 1950s Brooklyn and perfected on the east end of Long Island. Clarkson Avenue Crumb Cake Company delivers you the finest and most delicious crumb cakes on the market. With flavors like Classic Crumb, Blackout, Salted Caramel, and Brooklyn Joe. Barry, what's your favorite one? I like the Salted Caramel, Craig. Barry's Taste Buds, your Taste Buds will thank you, and they're available in two sizes, online only. The classic 8x8-inch size cakes or the world-famous Crumpkins, which are crumb cakes in mini muffin form. So take a trip down Clarkson Avenue and crumb get some. Visit www.clarksonavcrumb.com. Use promo code HARDNICKSLIFE for 23% off your order. And Barry, how do they get free shipping? Any order over $35, that's it. Automatically gets you free shipping. You've got great heart-shaped crumb cakes for Valentine's Day. Barry's, did you order yours for your wife yet? I want to wait 
until Wednesday. This way it arrives on Friday just in time for Valentine's Day. All right. Uh, so I've noticed on Twitter lately, I don't know if you've noticed, Barry, we can't go more than a week or two without Knicks fans hating each other. We have to argue. And there are certain people that I'm not going to name names, but on Twitter, they're calling people idiots, morons. They're all arguing whether or not the Knicks should be trying to win games, whether it's with veterans, with young guys, whatever. They're really upset that we're winning games at this point in the season and hurting our chances in the draft lottery, even though the lottery is so different than it used to be and it barely fucking makes a difference. Have you been in on any of these arguments, Barry? Who, yes. Who have you been arguing with? I read them all. Have you been getting into them or you have you had enough? Because I had to step out. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm never combative because I'm smart enough to see both sides of the argument. Like, I, I understand where they're coming from, but it's just it doesn't make sense to me. I can't root for my team to lose. Now, there's two different arguments in there as far as the tanking um, is concerned, you know, which has to do with playing the young guys or versus playing the vets. Yes, I agree we should be playing the youth more than the vets, especially guys like Reggie Bullock and Wayne Ellington. I have no problem playing Randall because I can see Randall being here for a while, not only because he's on a three-year deal, um, but because I mean, we saw the player that he turned into, you know, the powerhouse that he can be, the efficient player that he can be, you know. Um, after those first rough patches, you know, of a couple of months at the beginning of the season, I, be I came to appreciate Randall and what he brings. Even on the defensive side, he's doing more things. Um, but yeah, these other players, I want them to get less minutes. And yes, Frank Dotson, which I don't know where the hell Dotson has been. You know, I know he had that little illness, whatever it was last week, but you know, he was ready to play the last couple of games and he got no, no playing time. Um, but yeah, we want to see more from him. Knox, who sure as hell can use the time. I don't know what he can use, but he needs something. He is in a funk if we ever saw one. And Did you know you see you, those high you see those high school highlights. I was just going to bring that up. You you tweeted Somebody out tweeted out these highlights. I didn't tweet out, oh. but I responded to it. Yeah, yeah, those oh. highlights of him in high school where he's just so quick, so acrobatic, flying through the air. And then somebody else, like the next so day, posted aggressive, from, dude. Yeah, aggressive. and then somebody posted uh, highlights of his his just from summer league, and he looked mm. amazing from summer league. I think like, I wrote in the high guy? school highlights. I was like, "Am I watching this? Is this fast forward?" Right, because right. he moves so slow there. Someone actually had a pretty good response, which. Maybe they're on something. They said, you know, they think that he grew so much since high school that, that he's just a little awkward right now and still figuring out how to get back that quickness, which is certainly possible. He looks a lot smaller in those high school videos. But, dude, let, let's talk about that, the young guys versus the old guys. Yes. I, I agree with you that we should not be – I don't think you should be tanking at this point in the season, all right? It's, it's just past the midway point. We're still in the bottom six or seven teams in the league. We're still right there. We can still do it. We can still get the worst record in the NBA, right? Still plenty of time to do that. In the final 15, you know, 10, 15 games, fine. I understand if we want to not win any games. But right now, we're playing well, right? We're finally, these guys are finally playing well. Yeah, but let, let's not be what do you want under do? some illusion either, though. You know, I understand that they almost won five straight. It's not like they beat these great teams. Yeah, they beat Indiana, but Indiana's also lost five games in a row now, okay? So they're not playing their best basketball. They beat Detroit, matter, who had nobody. They beat Charlotte. who you're beating, dude. It does a little bit when you put things into context. Not I mean, they us. hit a part of their schedule, dude. Look, four, four wins in a row is four wins in a row. That's great. Yeah, and all you exactly. can do is play who's in front of you. But in the past, we lose these five games. 
you got to admit, though, this is a, a very weak part of their schedule, all right? Of course. So it's, things so are going to even out in the end. So even if they— Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, so exactly. Even to that point, things will even out. Yeah. If they really suck, they're going to lose all the games anyway. They're going to lose what they need to lose. Right, right. And they probably will. Right. But, I mean, this team isn't exactly stocked with veterans that everyone's talking about. Right. What do we have, like three? That are getting some minutes. It's a it's a team full of young guys. Yeah, yeah. Randall's young, still he's gonna be here. So you got, of course, you have to play him. He played fucking forty six minutes in that game. But he should be getting as much time. I mean, he's gonna be here. Yeah. Alfred Payton, Bullock, Portis, Ellington. Those are your veterans. A majority, all the young guys are playing. They're just not getting as many minutes. Yeah, but, but the how thing many is, we minutes know, are we, we know supposed Port- to give? How many minutes are we supposed to give Knox? I mean, come on. He needs help, like you said. Yeah. He needs to be in the G needs to play in the G League. He really does. They need to put him in the fucking G League so he can play entire games. Same thing with DSJ. Doesn't look like that's gonna happen. Sending him to the G League. It just doesn't happen. And it, it's a it's a great tool to have to be able to send somebody down there, but we, we just don't see it happen. And you're not going to. You know what I would do, Craig? Well what would you do? If you were what would if you were the coach? Yeah. What? I would start him. I would run headfirst into this thing. Give the kid some confidence. Let him know that he's not going to be, you know, just getting 13 minutes in the game. Start Knox for a game or two. Why not? I mean, sure, dude. I mean, we've all wanted stuff like that. I wanted them to start the season. I wanted Fisdale from the start of the season to just start all the young guys. Start Mitchell. Start Randall. Start Knox. Start RJ and fucking start Frank. We all wanted that. At this point of the season, can you do it? They've been struggling all year, and now you're going to insert them into the starting lineup. I don't see that happening. Well, you don't have to start. You don't have to put all of them into the starting lineup at once. But yeah, you can do that with a player. I, they should have done that from the get go. This this season's been a mistake. I'm not going to say it's another wasted year, but it's the same conversation we have year after year. We had the same exact conversation last year. These guys aren't developing very quickly because yeah, they don't get a lot of minutes. Where you just want you just want them to go with them and let them improve. Put them in that starting lineup. Let them play in that starting lineup no matter how bad they do. Give them the minutes every night. Let them work through everything and figure it out. I mean, it's very, it is very hard to figure out what, what's wrong when you're barely getting in the games and you're being pulled out because you had a shitty six or seven minutes and then you're not really getting back in. But we've been talking, how many years have we been talking about this? <laughs> you know, yeah. nothing changes. They need to make a decision at the beginning of the year. This is what we're doing this season. You can't just, they can't just change it in the middle of the season. How are they now in the middle of the season going to all of a sudden say like, all right, we know you guys have been horseshit all year, but DSJ, we're starting you. We're starting Knox. Because you can make the same argument for DSJ that he needs to learn how to play through this and get his, you know, get himself back on track. Yeah. I think Frank's been playing okay. He's not, he's not like broken like these other guys. Right. Right. Like DSJ and Knox were just messes. And now we got Mike Miller fighting for his job as a coach. But they, I'm, not, I'm never rooting against the Knicks to win. I did that last, I, I've done that in the past. It never works out. And the odds don't get that much more in your favor if you're, the only thing it does is if you end up with the worst record, you can't get worse than a fifth pick. How could this feel when they win? You know, or like when they come back from being down 16 to tie it up, to push a game into overtime. That's, that shit feels good. And it's so limited, the amount of time that we get to feel that as Knicks fans. So why would you want to throw that all away and hope that you lose game after game in the hopes that you get a high pick and then you don't anyway? So it's like 
And that is, a, I, I tweet about this, but that is also an important part of development, right? Winning games. Oh, my God. And being yeah. in position to win games. Look how happy they games. were a couple of games ago when they were you know, trying to dump the bucket of water on, uh, on yeah. Wayne Ellington in the locker room. Would I you mean, rather have these, it be like a morgue these, inside the Exactly. The look at these guys like Knox and DSJ and Frank. It's, it, they're sad. They've been around this losing for two years now. They're not doing well individually. You need, the team's not doing well as a whole. You got to give them fucking something. You need to taste. You need to give them the taste of what winning feels like so that they, they crave need, it more. Yes. And they need just need confidence. And that comes from winning games, being part of a winning team. Even if you're barely playing, that gives you confidence being on a winning team. They've got no confidence. Everything is shot. So what harm is it other than losing a few fucking percentage points in the lottery to get some fucking wins here once in a while? Would the, would the people who want to tank be happy if we were playing the young guys and winning? I don't even think they'd be happy with that. Me neither. I think that's their fucking art. That's their bullshit argument. Exactly. And then what's going to happen when they start winning? If we were winning with the young guys, they would still be they would still be annoyed. They would still be bitching. They say, "Oh, the Knicks can't do anything right. They can't even tank right." They would say, "We fucking tanked. La- we we got the worst record in the league <laughs> exactly. last year. What, what did you not fucking learn after last season?" And I don't like to to think this has anything to do with anything, but the basketball gods don't reward teams that tank. They don't. That's very scientific, I know, but they don't. You get punished. The Pelicans had 33 wins last year, and they ended up with fucking Zion. All right, Barry, are we doing a podcast the next week? We'll let everyone know, right? We're going to leave everyone hanging? We'll leave everybody hanging because we don't even know. But I like your idea. That would be fun. That would be fun. Lewis, the man who won the Knicks jersey uh, on last week's show, has put in his order. The jersey is on its way, Lewis. You're getting that white home Knicks jersey. Is that the home jersey? Yes. The white Knicks home jersey, number eight with Mamba on it in honor of Kobe Bryant. Barry was making fun of me before because he was reading my DMs with Lewis. We were going back and forth all day what he should do. Statement edition <laughs> uniform. Yeah, sta- I was like, ooh, that sounds nice. Statement. Those are nice. These numbers, that number. And then he went, name, back to the, he went back to the white. I was like, are you sure? You wanted statement before. <laughs> Guys, if you want to reach out to us, you can follow me on Twitter at Hard Next Life. Follow Barry at Barry Dworkin. You can email us. It's a Hard Next Life at gmail.com. You can call us at 516-33-MESH1. Make sure you go to iTunes and leave us a rating, five-star rating and review. Yeah, that would be great. We haven't gotten some reviews lately. We need some. Those are awesome. And get your friends to listen to the show. Get your, you know, get, get your parents to, anyone who has an iTunes account, even if they're not going to listen, just get them to go and leave a review. It's huge. <laughs> we go these weeks and we don't get a, a new review. I get upset, Barry. That's basically how you can pay us back for moments like next week. You want Barry to and I on our vacation to do a podcast when Barry's only going to spend three days in what, Delray? Yeah, Delray Beach. At the old age home? No, not an no. old age facility. I thought you were, that's what we said last week. You, you said they're you the youngest it. people at the old age you make it sound community. like there's people walking around with walkers. It's and an stuff older like that. community. A, yeah, but it's, they live active lifestyles. How much shuffleboard are you playing next week? <laughs> so you guys want Barry to take time out of his shuffleboard? I'll tell you what. We should do this, Barry. If we get right now, we've got like 102 ratings or reviews. I don't know. If we get up to 110, we will do a podcast from Florida with Macri, right? Um, I can't speak for Macri, but I, I've never seen him turn down a podcast, so yeah. 
If he's not there, one of us will be impersonating him. <laughs> That's right. All right. If we get to 110 this week, we're doing a podcast from some studio in Florida. And if you're lucky, Barry's going to bring his mom and she's going to be on it with us. How does that sound? <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Do you? Should we do it? Can you imagine if I'm just trying to curse as much as possible with your mom right there? That's fine. She'll curse Let's it up it. too. She'll will she? Too. Yeah, she Can will. we do? I think we got to do this. Guys, get to 100. Get us to 110. That's eight more. We're going to get Barry's mom and Macri, me and Barry, in a studio doing It's a Hard Nick's Life. All the way from motherfucking Florida. And if any of you fuckers are in Florida, let us know. You can come into the studio with us. Right, Barry? Sure. All right, guys. Barry, until next time, it is a hard Nick's life. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's Omri certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.